Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Battlefield Show. I am Scott Gibson, your Commander-in-Chief, guiding you through the Battlefield of Life you know what you're here for. No more messing about. Stick the tape in. Hit the track. Onwards! Episode 17. Eh? Look at us. Motoring along. Another week has gone by. How the fuck are you, team? Good to have you back. Good to have you listening. I hope you've had a fun week. I hope you have survived the storms. Storms is probably a strong word, but we will no doubt get into that rant topic at some point. Uh, in the show, episode 17, thank you for listening as always. Thanks everyone who has been in touch, everyone who has downloaded um, previous episodes. We are fucking building the army, man. So have you had a good week? Um, first of all, let's just get it out of the way. Largs. Barfields Theatre and Largs. What a fucking gig. I, I love playing... Down in Largs. I was down there at the weekend with the tour show White Noise, second day, second sold out show, and it was fucking brilliant, man. It was absolutely brilliant. We had some proper nutters in the audience, but like good, good nutters. People who were just up for a laugh, on board. Um, I can't remember the lassie's name. I want to say Isabel, but I think it may have been Isabella uh, and the Viking that we had. 
the gusset buster. Fuck me. What a what a laugh, man. Um so thank you to everybody who came out to Largs. Thanks to everyone who came along to the gig. Um you were brilliant. You you've you've probably been I mean we're only in February, right? But definitely been the best gig of this year that I've done and I may even say the best gig of the tour so far, including the ones we did last year. Just a bright night. Um, lovely wee room. You may have seen the video on Instagram that I did in the green room when they put me in this kind of... They didn't... They, it's called the Viking Gar Centre, right? Why, I, I don't know. Um, I've been going to Largs since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, right? Didn't to Largs, Vegas, didn't the coast. The, the, the reason being... West Coasters, I imagine most people on the West Coast, certainly kind of run about the Glasgow area, will be aware of Largs and, and that kind of coast, you know, when you're young you used to get the train down the air and you'd go to Air Beach and fucking dig for fagged outs, I don't know what you done, right, but my gran loved Largs, uh, that was her favourite place, other than Lytham St Anne's, but you know, it was a bit far to go for, for a fucking day trip, but I think her, her dream was always to, to live there or get a house there. And oddly enough, my, my grandpa could have, do you know what I mean? Like, he had a good job, he could have afforded it, but he didn't want to leave. But anyway, we're digressing, we're going off on a tangent, as always. But um, I can remember a time when that, like, the Viking Gar Centre wasn't there. You know, like, the building was there, obviously, Barfield's Theatre has been there for, God, years and years and years. Um, Connolly's played there. It's, it's a very cool theatre, um... It's a bit unfortunate in that it has been renovated over the years, um, council property, do you know what I mean? So it's not been renovated very well. Um, the flat uh, of the theatre, if you want, is now like a gym hall floor, um, and I imagine they do different activities or whatever in it. It's got a, um, like a, a fitness centre and a swimming pool in it now as well, do you mean? So it's, it's like a multi... Um, it's a fucking word. Multi-use venue, right? Run by the council, so it's run badly. But um, the the actual theatre part of it, so like the stage and like the backstage, and that's all original. It's been kept, and and you you get a sense of history. You do like there used to be a family who owned it, who owned the theatre back in the and it's here, dear, back when you know people would go to the theatre and it was a thing and it was like touring shows and you know so you're talking maybe what 60s 70s right about that time maybe even the 50s maybe even as far back as the 50s um i mean there's memorabilia in there for like the 20s so you know it's got it's got an amazing history but he was telling me that the, the guy who's kind of like the caretaker guy that the family who owned it used to live in the theatre right so they lived in the theatre uh they had a, a house kind of well, living quarters kind of downstairs behind what would be the stage and the green rooms and the dressing rooms and then would run the theatre, that was the business and and when you go backstage you can you can see where like false walls have been put up now to build more uh, dressing rooms and whatnot and toilets, that kind of thing but you can still, you do have a sense of you know, it's someone's hallway if that makes sense, it's a very cool it's a very cool place it's a lot of history, I, I do love I love playing venues that have got history to them. I know that, especially with, with comedy, like the thing now is, you know, arenas and 
you know, 10,000 people and get the money in and sell as many tickets. And I, I understand that that's, you know, there are certain comics who, you know, I, I don't I don't really see them as a, I don't, I don't see them as a comic anymore. You know, they're, they're a business now. They, they are responsible for a team of 60 plus people, you know, and their their act is developed in a way that it it does work on that larger scale and it is about filling these arenas you know these 5000 seater plus 10000 seats and i think that the the live performance is is lost in that i really do but, but i have not been to see many uh comics really since I, st- I mean uh, that's that's wrong in saying that since I started doing comedy because it's not true I mean I go to the festivals and things like that. What, what I mean is it's very rare that I will go and see a comic on that scale um I'm trying to think I saw Jack Whitehall recently but that's because my mate Lloyd was his support act so you know I went to see Lloyd and I, I sat and watched a bit of the show and uh I got tickets to go and see Chris Rock in Glasgow and that was okay because it was four rows from the front so I could see him but with being that close I was close enough to hear him speak so everything was on almost a delay I could hear him talk and then I could hear the jokes coming through the speakers and it was a very odd it was a very odd experience because I, I was almost fighting to try and tune out the sound of the speakers, if that makes sense. It was a very weird, it was a very weird gig. Um, but I much prefer it on a, you know, a smaller scale. And I say smaller scales, I mean, there, there are theatres, and I think people forget an actual theatre, like a theatre, why did I say it like the way fucking Frankie talks and he's doing his posh voice? Theatre. There are theatres that are built, you know, that are 1,500... 2,000 seats, but they are designed in a way that they would have been used without amplification, so people would have performed without a microphone, you know, you know, so I think there's a, there's a far more better way to do things, and, and, and I suppose the reason I'm talking about this is because th- there are enough beautiful spaces in the country that you can find these kind of these theatres to perform in, you know, so I always, I do enjoy being somewhere that has a bit of history to it, especially when you walk backstage and you see, like, the old posters and stuff like that for the 20s, and, and you, you recognise some of the names, you know, and it's it's interesting, so it was an amazing gig, um, I had a lot of fun, um, we have changed the structure of the show dramatically um, from what it was at East Coast Bride, and I felt as if it was a far more comfortable night for both me and uh, the audience on um, Friday at Largs. So thank you to everybody who came. It was a fucking brilliant night, man. You were, you were great. And I, I needed it. You cheered me right up. I needed it. So um, thanks to everybody who was uh, at Largs. And um, I will be back again next year. Uh, I'm just waiting to get some dates confirmed um, with the... The new show, um, which now has a title, but I'm not going to tell you what the title is because it'll, it'll come out at some point, um, but I've decided on the title, uh, I know what it's going to be about, so 
we'll be back there next year. Um, and if you were at Lags, I didn't mention at the end because, again, I'm so fucking shit at doing promotion. But if you haven't, and I know I bang, out, bang on about it in this podcast, but if you haven't signed up to the mailing list, do it. Um, it's the best way to hear about gigs, and you'll hear about the dates that are coming uh, next year. It's, it's odd to know that I'm, I'm sitting... Yesterday was a fucking heavy admin day. One of those days you just get dragged into emails. And I'm, I'm booking tour dates in for 2021. And I'm only in February of 2020. Which is fucking mad. But huge shout out to everybody who came to Largs. You're a fucking bunch of legends. It's been quite a week at uh, Gibson HQ to the point of we we are now officially moving house. Yes! Not that there's anything wrong with this gaff. Right? This has been a first flat. Uh, me and the missus have lived in together in Edinburgh. And uh, it's nice, but I need space, man. I need more space. I need, an, I need an office, right? I need a second bedroom. I need to set up. I need to have the fucking... I, 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 need, I need space. Right, that's it. I know it's normal the woman, you know, might be sexist. Is it sexist? It's no sexist if it's a fact, right? It's usually the woman wanting more space for their shoes. <laughs> but um, we're moving. Moving to another flat, bigger flat, more room, more space. Um, modern, which is a, a change for me. I don't actually know if I've ever lived in a modern a modern flat. Normally go for a bit of character, you know, a bit of history. High ceilings, although it's still go high ceilings, so we'll be fine. But yes, we're moving to a new gaff, um, so your old dad can get, I mean, it's class a second bedroom, right? The missus is maintaining it, it will be a second bedroom, as in cunts can sleep in it, like when I'm snoring, or there's guests over. Guess, check us out, or growing up with guests coming. <laughs> But it will be a full-time office, so I can finally get things set up in there. Because right now, um, I, whenever I'm working, you know, I, you're spread out, man, right? There's shit everywhere. And uh, I've got a lot of fucking gear. I would, I would basically love to have the podcasting. Are we going to call it a studio? Fuck it, Scotty boy. Call it a studio. We're going to have the podcasting studio set up, ready to go. At a moment's notice, right? Should the spur of the moment take me to uh, record a rant or a piece, I will do that because a lot of the time um, I'll think about stuff, I will note it down on the phone or the iPad of things to discuss um, come the next episode. And by the time I go to record it, I've maybe forgot a couple of the things I was going to say or the, the, you know, the, the rants maybe. It's, it's a time to settle and the bile, you know, and the and the hatred of my stomach, and it's it's no as it's no as fierce as when it comes out a few days later. So the idea will be have the podcast uh, studio, have the fucking equipment set up, ready to go, and um, whenever it need be, have the computer there, have space for everything, and also finally get the fucking the green screen up, man. That's what I do. Why I have a, a space where I can put the screens up and I can start to do some videos, man. Just fuck about, have a laugh, build the content, as they say, build the brand. 
whatever the fuck that means. How can your brand not just be funny? I don't know, Scott. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to you, you cunt. But aye, so be good. So we're moving. The problem being is that when, certainly when I came here, and I know when, when the missus moved to Edinburgh with me, um, like she brought everything that she, you know, she brought, obviously brought all our stuff with her, but both of us went through everything and binned a lot of shit. Like I can remember binning a fucking load of shit when I moved here. And now we are, what, 10 months later? 10 months down the line. And we've just got so much fucking shit. We've got so much shit. I don't even know where it comes from. And it's not as if uh, I'm regularly buying stuff. Like, I mean, the only stuff that I buy is, you know, you maybe buy a bit of kit for like, doing the, the show or... I mean, fucking stationary, man, right? I I don't know if there is a fetish. Uh, there must be. There's a fucking fetish for everything, man. I mean, if, if, there's, if there's cunts that like fucking putting custard in their knickers, there's a fetish for everything, right? But if there is an official name for it, that's the thing, right? That's, I mean, everybody's got a kink, right? I'm not saying this is a kink. Why are you fucking talking to us, Scott? I'm not, I'm not, I don't get half on it, right? I'm not fucking rubbing it against my body, having a wank into a jotter. My wanking jotter. What I'm basically trying to say is I've got hunters of stationery. That's what I'm saying. And I can't be the only one that enjoys a nice bit of stationery. I can't be the only one. Here, I tell you who's fucking good for the old stationery. The Japanese. Oh, my God. I watched a fucking YouTube. This is, again, I said I was doing admin, right? But at some point during the day, I fell doing a fucking YouTube rabbit hole. Um, what I'll do is I put on a video. Um... I've started watching this guy right now. He 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 speaks a mixture of uh, Japanese, uh, which is how the Japanese pronounce Japanese. Yep, Japanese and English, right? So he fucking cuts between the two. Uh, so he's like, when I go to New York, so he cuts like that, right? And it's called peaceful cuisine. And it's a it's a bloody wonderful show to have on in the background if anybody's looking for um, something to completely waste their day. Peaceful cuisine. And the cunt will make soya-based products. I fucking sat and... Well, I didn't sit and watch it, right? It's on in the Mac. He'll picture in picture. So it's up the top, right? Watch the cunt make a fucking... A, a plate? A dinner plate? Out of clay? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know a lot of you are civilians, right? Normal cunts. And you're probably sitting going, I fucking wish I could sit and watch a Japanese cunt make a fucking plate all day and that be classed as my work. I get it, right? I'm better than you. I'm sorry. I don't know what you want me to say, right? When you were young, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 even, out fucking shagging birds, right? Out playing the field. Your old dad was getting knockbacks, building his personality, and now, 20... Five years later, that allows me to sit and watch Japanese cunts make plates during the day. I'm sorry, right? That's the way the world is. You were out getting your hole. I was fucking developing a sense of humour. I'm sorry. Would I go back and do it differently? Yes, I would. But I can't. So, here we are. Don't hate me, because I'm sitting watching Jap cunts make fucking plates, Right? Peaceful cuisine. <laughs> cuisine. 
is the name of the show. So he makes coffee in his fucking Japanese kitchen. And the reason why I'm going to talk about this is because every now I don't know if it's a fucking Zen thing. I don't know if I don't know what Zen is. Is it centered, calm? Because if it's one thing that I'm certainly know, it's fucking Zen, right? Is 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 there any poor cunts or saying? <laughs> is Zen a rich person's thing? Is Zen the right word? Oh, I'm, I'm annoying you by saying Zen over and over again. You know what I mean? Not that fucking peaceful. I'm just, I'm just, fuck, I'm just so Zen. My chakras have been shacked, and my chi is full of chai, and I am, I'm so Zen. Uh, as a capital Z with with my Zen. So the cunt's got fuck all in his house, right? But he's got everything he needs. One of these fuckers, right? Work tops are clear. It's all white. It's all white and, and wood, right? You've seen a fucking Japanese house. You know what I'm talking about. It's all clean and tidy. You know, he's all immaculate. Uh, he looks he looks smart. Not a logo in sight, right? But I imagine his fucking jumper's worth two and a half grand. One of these fuckers, right? Very zen. Very calm. And it's a, it's a peaceful video, but it got me thinking, if the fucking cunt, he's got everything he needs. You know, in the kitchen, he's got everything he needs. Right? And then I look at my kitchen, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing washing dishes. Right? I'm back to doing the usual. I burn through every bit of fucking cutlery I've got, and then I open the drawer, and I go, there's no spoons. There's no spoons! And then you look in the dishwasher, there's four spoons! And I'm like, fucking start washing dishes. Anyway, what does it take to get to that level as in that fucking... You know, everything has its place. Um, the the small cup to the large cup becomes one inside the cup. <laughs> I'm still thinking this is a fucking middle class, upper class thing, isn't it? It's money. It's money. It is. It's money. Money brings you peace and quiet. Doesn't it? Money, 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 money. Money is the answer to everything. See if you've no got money. You're a fuck. Your zen's off, right? Your your cheese way out, you know. You you've got a kink in your cheese. I would I would go on record, and I'm going record because it's hey, this this will live forever. These podcasts, you know. I'm going to say you this: there is nobody on the dole who's zen. I don't think there's any fucking council officers going up today a home report. And they put the door in, they're like, fuck me, this guy's living a Japanese Zen lifestyle. I, d- I don't think that's the case. Sitting on the on the poof, with his, the poof, that's the wrong choice of word. I meant a stool, you know what I meant. Sitting on the fucking sofa with his legs crossed. Oh, fucking, morning, chief, have a look around. <laughs> You're going to need to get somebody for the council up to fit, fit that fucking bath panel. <laughs> Anyway, the cunt's house was fucking immaculate. And it got me thinking, right, as I watched, as I fell deeper into the fucking Japanese Zen fucking videos. The only thing that got me, right, the thing that got me. The cunt was talking to you about stuff that he's got in his kitchen, right? No, I'm, I'm a big foodie. Hey, I'm a big, hey, food, me, big foodie, right? Big foodie. Love my food, you know? Very knowledgeable my my cuisine, international dishes, uh, chips and cheese, you know, um, rice curry sauce. Very knowledgeable of my international cuisine. 
I love a gadget, right? Thankfully, the missus doesn't listen to these podcasts. She bought me a fucking pasta machine because I was like, I want a pasta machine. I want to make fucking ravioli because I watched Rick Stein make ravioli and I was like, I can make fucking ravioli. Have I made ravioli? Have a fuck! But one day I will because the pasta machine's in there. One day I will, right? But I'm looking at the videos of this guy's kitchen and he's got like, uh, I don't need it, uh, Juan Spatula. I don't know if that's fucking racist. Why am I questioning myself now? I'll tell you why. Because the world is fucking gone woke, right? I've been cancelled. I shouldn't fucking have to worry. And I'm not going to worry. I'm going to do what I want. So, I'm going to do the voice. All you need is one spatula. <laughs> You're the one spatula. And a speed pillar. <laughs> a speed pillar. For those of you who don't speak Japanese. But the cunt had, like, fucking five things. Right? Five things in his kitchen. And then he's got like a couple of sieves and a fucking wok and this wee oven and a fucking a, a, a stove thing and it made it made sense is what I'm trying to say right it made sense but I just I don't know I want I, I would love to have a house like that you know and I'm doing I'm doing the Yasmin's boxing because I keep saying that see when we move to this new gaff man everything's got to have its place you know. Everything's got to have its place, and it's all going to be clean and tidy because it's it's not an open plan kitchen, but the kitchen. So if you imagine like a big L shape, no, even an L shape, right? If you imagine a big fucking square, a cube, if you will, and then there's a bit at the top, a big bit because it's quite a big kitchen. That the kitchen, so the kitchen is in the living room, but it's tucked away. If that makes sense. So, I want everything to be clean and tidy. Right, which it will be, because to be fair to that, my missus is very, very clean tidy. And also, the good thing um, is that I have a lot of ideas about, you know, how I want things to look. And because she's a graphic designer and actually understands, like, art and placement and knows where to get the cool stuff, these things happen. Like, it actually manifests itself in life rather than me just watching a fucking Japanese cunt where I'm in the middle of the kitchen going, I wish I was like that. So I, I know the house is going to be lovely because this house is lovely. Um, but I, we just need to get rid of shit, man. I, do you know what it is? I think, right, here again, I'm fucking sounding like a mad cunt. I was watching him talk about his knives. <laughs> I'm sitting here doing podcasts thinking about fucking content to make and that fucker's got over 2 million subscribers and he's made a 20 minute video about how heavy the handle is and his knife who's the fool here maybe it's me you know you're trying to build people want you to build your followers on instagram i just want to get to 10,000 so i can do the fucking swipe up for tickets that's all i want i'm not asking for millions you know but if you want to build the subscribers, I need to put a fucking boob tube on and fucking knock my hips out. That's what fucking draws them in. Anyway, so, when we move to the new gaff, I need to get rid of this shite. My two biggest things are stuff in the kitchen, right? I've got too many fucking gadgets and bullshit in the kitchen. And I think what the problem is, I think I need to start buying more expensive stuff. Now hear me out, right? A lot of you are sitting going, this is just an excuse for you to spend money, big man. Listen to me, right? If you're shopping in your Ikea's and your fucking next home 
of the world, right? That kind of level. Yes, within that, there's kind of, you know, cheap shit and more expensive stuff. But I think if you if you come out of that, right, if you come out of the world of IKEA, draw yourself away from that mass-produced fucking bollocks, right? And you start to go to these shops that are like two or three above that, you know? So instead of spending maybe 30 quid on a dinner set, right, plates, bowls, that kind of shit, you spend... 150 quid, right? Now you're going, 150 quid for plates, big man. What the fuck? I mean, how much are you charging for tickets? I'm not charging enough. I should be charging more. But sure, that's going to last you long because nothing's built to last anymore, right? I think we can all agree on that. Everything. Computers, phones, TVs, anything with a plug on it now, it isn't built to last, right? And because of companies like IKEA and the fucking Chinese with the cheap labour... Most of your stuff now, nothing really is built to last. So if you spend a wee bit of fucking more money, right, bit more money, you get stuff that lasts longer. That makes sense, right? And maybe you don't need as much, you know? So I think that's what I need to do in the new house. Step down the kitchen, start to get myself some good equipment, good set of knives, right? Expensive, but no no crazy expensive, no fucking like £500 a blade, right? But a couple of good knives, some nice crockery. That's the word I'm looking for, right? Some good, some nice crockery. And then we, we start to build for there, right? But keep in mind, keep it all streamlined. That's what we need there, right? Keep it nice and streamlined, clean and tidy. And the next thing I need to tackle is fucking stationery. I have got easily... I wouldn't even be lying if I said 25 to 30 notepads in this house at this moment, I'm sitting in my living room, I'm looking at a cupboard, and I know if I, if I open that cupboard, and I'm going to have to date at some point, because we're moving house, I mean, I can't just keep coming around to the new tenants going, can I fucking get one of my notepads, full of notepads, full of fucking notepads, and I need to, I need to get a grip man, I'm going to need to throw some stuff out, I'm going to need to sit one day and go through them all, and maybe try and put some decent stuff into one note. I don't know. I've done I've done that in the past at Disney World, but I need to fucking I need to curb my stationary purchases. Even even in a fucking Tesco. I can't I can't go see if I know I'm like a bloodhound, right? See the dogs that can smell like fucking sugar and cunts bloods, you know? Like we fucking spaniels that go up to old cunts and go, she's gonna have a fucking air pain a minute and they know like the day I fucking Diabetes dance because it can smell blood sugar. I can smell stationery for a hundred yards. See if I walk in a shop, I'm like, there's fucking there's pens in here. I can't be the only one at Disney. At Disney, I love a good bit of stationery. Anyway, so that's what we need to do. We need we need to strip this down. And we need to move house and. Um, it's worked too well, although it's costing fucking money, but hey, everything costs money. It's worked too well that we've got a bit of an overlap of about a week. So we're in the new gaff for a week before we leave here. Um, although we're also going to Amsterdam at the end of the month. So it probably couldn't, so we've got fucking four days. It couldn't, it couldn't, we couldn't have planned this move any better if we fucking tried. Basically what we've done is we've sat down and went, listen, we've had a fucking hell of a month in January. Let's try and fuck up February for us. Why don't we move and go on holiday at the same time? Sounds fucking fantastic. So we've, we've planned this all wrong. But 
Moving house. Uh, moving away from Easter Road, man. Which is going to be a fucking godsend. I'm going. I'm going to miss the fucking the football banter. But moving to a nice bit, uh, bigger house. Got a balcony now, man. Oh fuck me, yeah. God, we're moving up in the world. Got a fucking balcony now, a balcony. The thing is, I think this might push me into the world of cigars. Now hear me out. I wouldn't smoke in the house like some kind of fucking monster, right? I don't know what smoking does to your pets either. I don't want, I don't want the fucking the tour manager smelling a, a smoke. But uh, I've got, I've got this fancy. I just, I feel as if. I think if you look at me, and I'm sure I've said this before, I look like the type of man who would enjoy a cigar. Now, I've only smoked a cigar once in my life. I don't know if I was doing it right, but I felt like fucking Pablo Escobar at the time. Yes, I've watched all the narcos. Maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know. But I think sitting on the balcony, you know, a kind of cold morning or evening, sun shining, you know, middle of March, April, May, any month in Scotland, really. Where maybe a brandy, eh? I don't drink brandy, but I, but I can in this fantasy. Hey, I'm a brandy drinker, right? I can do whatever the fuck I want, man. Sitting, smoking a cigar on my balcony. That might be a nice way to go. Don't know. We'll see. The world's your oyster. But moving house. So it'll it'll be good. It'll be good for us. More space. Um. Have guests over so we can start making dinners, having dinner parties. Uh, oh, yeah, it's very, very fucking middle-aged now, dinner parties. And uh, that'll be fun. So keep posted for that. Um, I'm sure there will be some videos going up on Instagram of the fucking stress I'm moving. Um, and that's a good point to, to plug now. So um, if you are want to get in touch um, with me about the show or, or anything really, uh, social media is the fucking... You know, it's our mistress. Social media is our, is our cruel mistress that controls our lives. Um, and if you want to get in touch, Instagram and Twitter, at Big Scott Gibson. Uh, Facebook is Scott Gibson Comedy. The website is Uh Drop me a message there. Follow me on all the proper channels. And uh, fucking yes, man. Let's play on. One thing that's been... Has it, I mean, I was going to say one thing has been mental, but has it really been mental? One thing that's been mental is, is the weather. We had Storm Chiara and now Storm Dennis, for all you Always Sunny fans, is, uh, is apparently on his way to wreak fucking havoc. Now, I can remember, I can remember, every time I do these podcasts, I feel like I'm some pensioner. Regaling, when I was a boy, son, we used to fucking get with knives and stab cunts for a laugh. I can remember no that long ago. Um, and and I no, was a, I must have been maybe 19, maybe 20 at a push. I was, so what's that, 15 years ago. Quick maths. Well done, Scotty boy. It was March. And there was terrible snow in Glasgow. Uh, I was working the doors at the Buff Club at the time in Glasgow. Great wee club. Um, again, such an easy fucking shift as a bouncer. 
And uh, I remember coming out the club at the end of the night, and this is when it was the night when people who were in the garage were trapped in the garage because there was no buses, there was no trains, there was no taxis. Basically, the whole of Glasgow was like under fucking 90 feet of snow, right? And you couldn't move. But because we were such a small club, the the police never came in, and we basically just chucked everybody out in the street. And I still fucking got home, I still drove, it was a wee fucking four speed, was it a Ford Fiesta that I had, or a wee Nissan Micra, whatever it was man, I got this thing back to Sean's to drop my gaffer off and then I got home with fucking Paisley in it, and it feels as if, and I don't know if, because you're nostalgia and you're looking back over things that you think, oh in my day son it was, I'm fucking telling you it was ten times worse, it feels now as if these things that they're calling storms is just what we would call weather. You know, like, but it's Scotland, man. Our weather's always shit, right? It's wet. It's windy. Is 60 mile an hour winds a storm or is that just a fucking a gust? It's a bit gusty. I know, I mean, mostly it's England, right? So we can fucking have a laugh. I know, like, Glasgow had some trees. Oh, the horror. Trees blown down. But the weather here hasn't been actually that bad. I mean, it's fucking freezing cold, right? It's fucking Baltic. But it does feel as if it's just a, it's a bit of rain, a bit of snow. Now, I don't know if Dennis is going to fucking wreak havoc. But it's hardly some of the weather that we've seen across the world, you know? Um, Again, I don't know if this is just... The news likes to hype these things up. Fucking Storm Kiara. Who also, who names these things, right? Can we just agree now that let's just name Storm's old woman, right? Storm Agnes. Storm Bernadette. Right? Storm Maggie. See this Kiara Dennis. Dennis. Storm Dennis doesn't even. Hey, Storm Dennis coming in. It, is, it sounds like a rapper. Storm D. Fucking Stormy D. That's probably a porn star. But who names these fucking things? No. If over the weekend or the coming week Storm Dennis comes in and fucking, you know, blows down buildings and kills hundreds of people, then, hey, fair enough, right? Oh, maybe I'm underestimating Dennis, but it does feel as if this last week or so it's just been a bit of bad weather. Maybe I've been protected here in Edinburgh. You know, our council tax is higher, so obviously we pay more money so the wind doesn't get us, but I don't know if that's how it works or no. But I don't think the weather's been as bad as the weather's gone. I mean, the world's gone to shit, right? Let, let's know. If, if you don't think now that the apocalypse is coming, I don't know how many more signs you need. It was snowing in India. Let me just say that. In India, Okay. So fuck knows, we will we will see what happens weather-wise over the next couple of days. Just can't, he can't even make up his mind. You know, one minute, and I know, again, the thing is, right, it's Scotland. So, as I said, the weather here is fucking mental. We get, you know, four or five different weather types in a day, but even though as I'm recording this, we have gone from snow to light rain to now what is a beautiful blue sky with the sun splitting the trees. It's fucking mad. But as I said, the world is going to shit. So, snow in India. We have storms now happening 
across the world or what they are classing as storms. The coronavirus is here. I, I, here, here. <laughs> I said that as if I'm interrupting somebody. I'm interrupting myself here. So the World Health Organization, who, not to be confused with the who, um, I saw a thing a day. Now, again, I don't know if it's just media fucking hype bullshit because, as we have discussed, when you're terrified, it's better for the economy. You spend more money if you're terrified. So keep everybody in a state of fear. Keep the world ticking over. But it's said that they have been underplaying the um, the impact of coronavirus and it has the potential to... Now, why are these numbers always a nice round figure? Why is it never a mad number? Anyway, they said it has the potential to kill 45 million people. Oh, what the fuck? So I think that... I think I, I'm starting to think now that this is more serious than we first thought. I think that with the last big one was obviously Ebola, which was horrendous, right? Horrific, horrific way to die. And I think maybe because coronavirus, because it's happened in a country like China as opposed to one of the African countries, um, and I, and I can't remember where Ebola started, right? Um, I think that because. China has now developed to the point where most cities in China, the same as the West, they have the ability to dilute a lot of the information that comes out or, or cover up stuff, the same as we would do here, you know. Whereas with the African uh, outbreak of Ebola, I think it got to the point where it was impossible to, to hide how horrific it was. So I think that the corona thing is, is a hell of a lot worse than maybe what we do think. Um... I don't think anybody's worried too greatly about it. It certainly hasn't impacted anything that I've seen kind of day-to-day life. Um, I mean, if you're not washing your hands or now, uh, you're a dirty cunt anyway, you should be. Uh, cover your mouth when you cough. Maybe carry a hanky. Maybe that's. Maybe we all need to go back to being a bit more old-fashioned. Huh? My granny wouldn't leave the house without a hanky up the sleeve. You know, when, when gentlemen would have a... A dress handkerchief in the pocket of their, of their suit. And also a hanky for snorters in your, in your trouser pocket. I have never in my life had a hanky. Never. I can vividly remember watching a, a gentleman, as he was a gentleman, blow his nose into a hanky and the contents of which... I mean, if you this hanky would have cost you about fourteen pound in a picking mix. The amount of weight in the fucking snot in this hanky, and he balled it up like it was a fucking bag of cocaine, and stuck it back in his pocket, and that blew my mind and disgusted me. That's my problem with a hanky. Hanky's alright if you need to just like kind of cough into it, you know. It's gentlemanly, you know. <laughs> Oh, excuse me, I'll cover my mouth with this handkerchief embroidered with my initials, should anyone try to steal my handkerchief. I'll say, are you SWG? I think not. How dare you, young man? But if you've actually got to blow your fucking schnooter into a hanky and you, you know, you empty the contents like a fucking Wayne's nappy and then squelch it back in your pocket, maybe no, maybe no. 
See, also the masks that, you know, fucking El Chinese like to wear. And I understand there's a lot of pollution in the, in the cities. So, you know, it's just part of the culture, right? You wear a mask, you fucking, you know, different different countries, different culture. Eh? Chinese, uh, you know, Japanese, they wear a mask. Northern Irish, balaclava, right? Different countries, different culture. See, when you get home, do you hang the mask up like your jacket? Or do you, do you need to wash it? Surely you wash it. Surely you need a couple of masks on rotation. You know, you've been fucking breathing and spluttering and then hang all day. I don't know. What was I saying? Aye, so it's maybe, it's maybe, we maybe need to start getting a bit more aware of it. And if the first time a British person or somebody in British soil dies of it, then it'll fucking kick up a notch. So basically, if you've got a bit of money, invest in a fucking British company that makes masks because you're about to rake it in. Or coffins. Stick your money in fucking under... There's a, there's a fucking business that has never changed its business model, I imagine, since day one. Why would it need to? You know, you often think... I've, I've had daydreams before about winning the lottery, right? And the cost of, of living now, even if you won a couple of million, you could probably burn that in a few years, right? You buy yourself a big cruise, couple of fancy motors, go on holiday. Before you know it, you're done to your last hundred grand and then you're fucking turning your back garden at a destruction derby, selling your season ticket at Ibrox, cashing in your gold, right? You think maybe, right, oh, I'll invest in some businesses, right, so that my money makes me money. Fucking undertakers, man. There's never, there's, think about this, there's never been a day in history somebody has not died. Now, I'm saying that as if it's fact. I don't know. Has there ever been a day in the world when, when somebody has not died? Of course no. Come on, think about it. As I'm fucking talking to you now, there's, there's cunts drop dead. Most of them are Chinese because they got the virus, but cunts are dropping dead. Everybody needs put in a box or fucking turn it into a bonfire. Everybody needs it. Eh? We've no got the guts to date ourselves. You know? I've been thinking a lot about death recently. We've no got the guts to go, hey, I'll save you fucking five and a half grand. Get yourself doing B&Q. Get us a bit of MDF. MDMF? MDMF, something you fucking put up your nose. Um, you get any of that MDMF? <laughs> What's MDMF, mate? It's fucking here. It's seven times worse than MDMA. <laughs> MDMF, mate. Fuck me. You boil up, jacked in your bell end. <laughs> Makes your dick off, is he? <laughs> Down to B&Q. MDF. MDF, is that what it's called? MDF. Multi-density fiberboard. MFD. Fuck knows. Cheap wood. Get down B&Q. Get me some cheap wood and a bag of fucking nails. Now knock your granny a coffin together. Right? Head this day in that. You know what I mean? We're still, we want a professional to do it. Why don't we come to the fucking house, pick up your granny, fill her full of embalming fluid so the fucking worms don't eat her. Put her in a box. Wrap on tissue paper. 
fuck on the ground, cover on soil, bish bash bosh. You know? Hey, she's dead. I'm on no seven grand in the dairy. Something's not right here. See what I do, man? Invest especially now. The fucking snow's back on. As I'm talking to you, the snow is back on. The world is ending. It was blue skies a minute ago. And now it's snowing again. What is happening? So if you if you listen to this and you've got a bit of money, why are you listening to me? But invest in a funeral directors because the end is coming. <laughs> the end is coming. We always knew the Chinese would get us, eh? We never thought it would be a fucking cold, right? Uh, clever, you know? We thought it would be nuclear warfare, eh? But they fuck. <laughs> so watch it, man. Wash your hands and behind your ears, cover your mouth when you cough. Don't go on a cruise because it's a floating coffin of disease and death. You think all the fucking dirty bastards, old dirty fuckers that are on a cruise, you know, with the with the fucking with the phlegm and the do you think of the fluid and skin that comes off of your pensioner on a daily basis? Just they're like a fucking a, an old person is like a fucking squashed out tea bag right hear me out you're going you're stretching this big man hear me out for an analogy you get your tea bag you fucking make your tea you squash all the juice out it and you leave it in your wee tea bag holder right if you've got a wee tea bag holder you know maybe you put it on a fucking chopping board right because you just leave it you leave it inside because you're, you're at home right you're alone the message is at work I'm not saying it's me I'm just saying fucking in general right and you're going I'll deal with that later and then you come back, and it's fucking, it's pished out a wee bit, you know, you're going, how, how's it pished out another wee bit of tea, I squeezed the fucker dry, that's a pensioner, old people are discarded tea bags, right, you, you think they're, you think they're bone dry, and you come back an hour later, and they fucking pish tea out, out of your water top, <laughs> now you imagine a cruise ship, full of old tea bags, that's that's a cruise, right? Don't go on it. They're coughing everywhere, pissing themselves. They're all pissing in the pool. I guarantee you. No, because they think it's a laugh. Because they can't help it. It's, it's, piss, it's seeping through their pores. Skin's getting everywhere. Nay, one of them all got fucking Lacaronia virus. Do you think... Here, cruise ships carry coffins. Think about that. Think about that. That's telling you the type of person that's gone on a cruise. They carry coffins because they know within the two weeks of fucking sailing to the Maldives and back, four of these cunts are going to fucking pop their clogs. Mind you, if you were going to lose a loved one, wouldn't you want to lose them in an environment where you've got access to a 24 hour buffet? That's all I'm saying. You know, when we lost my gran. It was one of the most horrible and upsetting nights of my life. But if that doctor had said to us, I'm very sorry, your grand has passed. But here is a voucher for the 24-hour buffet. It would have... I'm not saying it would have brought her back. I'm just saying it would have taken the edge off. 
That's what that's what that's what the NHS and an independent Scotland with the money that will be generated from our economy under my leadership as first minister, that's what's gonna happen. If you lose a loved one in an NHS hospital, after the news has been delivered to you, you'll be given a coupon for a twenty four hour buffet. <laughs> You can go in and, and have a final meal as a family. Enjoy yourselves with some delightful dishes from around the world and a, a Black Forest Gato. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, the world's ending, team. Enjoy it, man. Get out there. I'm on tour, right? So hopefully the world doesn't end before June the 12th on the last tour date. Um, coming up next, February 23rd. Webster's Theatre in our broth. It's going to be a fucking belter. I will have just moved into the new house by then. February 23rd. Webster's Theatre in our broth. Get up there. Come and see me. It's going to be fucking brilliant. Get in the website. Get your tickets. And I'll see you in the battlefield. Let's fucking keep rolling. Right, let's bring this fucking bastard home, shall we? Um, no listeners' questions this week, simply because um, I had forgot to post that I was recording. Um, like I said yesterday, was a fucking one of those days. I sat down to do some admin, and then before I know it, I was absolutely sucked into a email vortex. But productive day. Um, some exciting things booked in, which I will reveal over the coming weeks. Um, aye, that's what I'm saying now. But nice, getting some tour dates booked in for next year, like I said. Um, so yeah, good day. But uh, no listeners questions. However, if you do want to ask something or you got a topic for me to discuss, uh, get in touch. Uh, website, there's a contact form. Also sign up to the mailing list when you're there. And Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that kind of fucking bullshit. So get the website, find all the links. Fucking follow me, grow the army if you're listening to the show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and please do share it. Um, if you've got friends, colleagues, family, whatever, uh, get them to listen to it. It might be for them, it might not be for them. Let's try and build the numbers up. And make sure you, you subscribe so that every time there's a new podcast, it will ping straight in to your phone or however it is that you, you get your podcast. And you'll be able to get them as soon as it comes out. So fucking do that, man. But let's do, as always, some news from around the world. Play the jungle! Today's headlines. Mysterious black substance on wall. Dad fuming at baby toy. And woman branded witch by neighbours. There you go. As always, hard-hitting journalism from the team at the Metro. Um, it's a free paper for a reason, and it's free because they cover a lot of shite. Let's dive straight in. Uh, first news story, 
Mystery black substance running down wall turns out to be blood from upstairs. Of course. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, two man just woke up. Do you know I don't I don't even know if I'm if I'm admitting this to being a complete dafty. I never realised blood is black when it dries in. Is that is that a common thing? Anyway, fuck, let's just show you how I mean it. But, mysterious black substance. Um, this could be a sinister one. Zoe Derwitt, uh, a regular contributor. I don't even know if these people are actually fucking journalists. Um, but there is a, a picture of black... It does look like tar dripping down a, a, someone's wall. And uh, apparently it's fucking blood. Let's read on. Two men were horrified when a dark substance with a horrible smell, they smelt it. Ah! See if you had something running down your wall that was mysterious. Would you smell it? Would you smell it? Or maybe it smelled so bad. Does blood smell? Something's not right here. Uh, some of the horrible smells that started dripping down their wall was actually the blood of an upstairs neighbour who had died more than a week earlier. Eh? What the fuck? This is what I'm saying. Old people are tea bags. He's fucking leaked. He must have leaked a fucking shit ton. AJ McCready tweeted pictures. Of course you tweeted pictures. That's, that's what you do nowadays. Do you mean? Why phone the uh, authorities when you can just tweet a picture? AJ McCready tweeted pictures and videos of the stains at his apartment in Minneapolis, Minnesota, saying it smelt horrible recently. Recently. He's been smelling it over time. He and his flatmate called a maintenance team to investigate who discovered the decomposing body of their neighbour. Authorities said the black tar-like liquid was bodily fluids that had leaked through the floor and in AJ's flat. Fuck a duck. He and his flatmate Evan Schultz told their Twitter followers about the grim discovery with AJ saying, my apartment had smelt horrible recently and I just found out the guy living above me has been dead for over a week. Fucking hell, man. And before you ask, his body was just discovered after his blood leaked down the ceiling into our apartment this morning. Oh my fucking days. He later added, all I really know of the situation is the man upstairs died in his sleep. He died in his sleep and then he fucking evaporated. His body decomposed and somehow managed to seep into our apartment. Can you imagine the fucking scene that must have been in the guy's apartment that died? If his body's decomposed and he's fucking seeping through the floor... Uh, We've had leaking in our bathroom, so when we saw this, we called maintenance immediately. I mean, I don't think he's fucking leaked through your bathroom as well, mate. Oh, God, that is grim, man. AJ said that at first, maintenance workers had no idea what the substance leaking down the wall was. Oh, they're not going to look at it and go, ah, that's a fucking decomposing old cunt. He wiped off a little of the wall to examine it and still really couldn't determine anything. Oh, the dirty cunt, man. The dirty cunt. The deceased man's identity and cause of death has not been released because it's hard to identify a fucking deflated bag of fucking human body, innit? 
Discussing the case with local media, Mr Elder said it's a reminder that it's important to keep contact with your neighbours and loved ones. Well, aye, but... I mean, at the same time, if a fucking teabag goes, a teabag goes. That is disgusting, man. There you go. Black substance appears to be blood from a fucking pensioner. Well done, Zoe, for covering that fucking bad boy. Um, next story, dad fuming. A dad is raging. Um, Joe Roberts, a new name uh, to the Metro game. Also, apparently, Joe uh, claiming this is an exclusive news item. Headline reads, Dad fuming at baby's toy that looks like a big pink penis. Of course he is. He's fucking livid. Eh? I don't want my child playing with a pink penis. I mean, from the look of the pictures, to me, it looks like a fucking a butterfly. But this dad, obviously, he's got issues. You know? He's just had a child. Everything he sees looks like a cock. Because he's no, he's no strong enough. He's no a hero. Let's go field. You know, he's no able to come out to the fucking masses. This guy's got to suck it up. Literally, that's all he wants to do is suck it up. All he wants is a big pink penis in his mouth to suck on. But he can't because his fucking missus has had a wane. And now he's got to continue this charade. But everywhere he looks, he sees cock. Even in his kids' toys. Let's read on. A dad said he was... Fuming! Not even angry, I'm fucking fuming! A dad said he was left fuming after he realised his baby's new teething toy. Oh, it's gonna have myth. Looks like something rather rude. Dean Flight 31. Closet gay. First of all, Dean, I don't know what kind of penises you're seeing down the docks, but that does not look like a penis. To me, read on, Dean Flight 31 didn't think twice about giving his six-month-old daughter Harley, fucking Harley, her new butterfly, told you a little butterfly, butterfly toy to play with, but it was when she turned it upside down and began teething with it that he saw what it resembled. A fucking bobby! He told Metro.co.uk she was playing with it when we first gave it to her as I turned around to see that she had it upside down both her hands had folded the wings around it and I showed what both hold on both her hands had folded the wings round like I showed in the photo and she was sucking on the smaller end I was fuming as soon as we realised we took it straight off her Dean if that's your real name I think this child needs to be taken from you Dean I think you've got problems, mate. If if you think that a six-month-old baby has any idea what a bobby is, then you're troubled, my friend. You've given your daughter a, a toy. It's a child's toy, and it looks like a butterfly. It does look like a butterfly, Dean. I'm looking at a photograph right now, and for some reason, you think it looks like a penis. Now, that's saying more about you, Dean, than it does about the manufacturers of the toy, or indeed your child itself. Now, when she starts to chew on it, because it is a teething toy, Dean, uh, as a child will do, um, you have then put a scenario in your head that she is indeed chewing on uh, a big pink penis. Now, Dean, you, you, my friend, you need to go and speak to somebody, Dean, all right? Um, I, more than most, know that you, you can struggle with mental health, 
and I think you need to you need to talk to someone, Dean, because you you're going to you're going to cause problems for your family going forward. Um, let's read on. The new dad from Kent said the toy is part of the Playgrow teething pack, which was given to Harley as a present. He suggested the toy makers intentionally made it to look like a penis is some kind of joke. Dean, mate, you you've got fucking problems, and I've just I've just scrolled in to see a picture of Dean. And he's got a man bun. So, a man bun and a fucking shit tattoo sleeve with what looks like playing cards on it. Dean, mate, you you need help, man. You need fucking help. He said, the pack has a big butterfly, which is fine. He's happy with that. From any angle. Any angle looks like a butterfly. But if you look at it from this angle, a bobby. Some of the little plastic hard ones and the little butterfly. When you hold the little butterfly upside down, it looks quite rude. Don't hold it upside down then, you fucking asshole. It's got a handle on it so a child can fucking hold it. I don't know what you're hoping to achieve for this story, Dean. In fact, you've just pissed me off. You've annoyed me. Your fucking Wayne's got a massive heat and you've got a man bun. You're a fucking toilet, Dean. The Playgrow Teething Pack is sold on several online stores, including Amazon, the Toy Shop, and the Early Learning Centre. All of the online retailers have declined to comment. Good. Playgrow has not responded to requests for comment. Good. My response would be a picture of my asshole. That would be my response. With a single line under the saying, suck this. <laughs> Some people are just fucking rockets. And Dean Flight 31, from wherever the fuck he's from, is one of said rockets. Final news story um, for this episode. Uh, back to Zoe Derwitt. It's a, a poor wee woman. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say India straight off the bat. Looking at the, looking at our, our picture, I'm not sure though. Headline reads: Woman with 31 fingers and toes, cruelly branded witch by neighbours. Good God. A woman born with 31 fingers and toes has spent her entire life hiding at home after being branded a witch by cruel neighbours. Kumari Naik, 63, has, oh here we go, polydactylism. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Polydactylism. A common abnormality at birth where the person has extra fingers and toes. Or as we call it in Scotland, Fife Syndrome. 19 toes and 12 fingers, Kumari enters the Guinness World Record for having the most digits in the world. Hi, every cloud. Every cloud. There you go. Any of them bullies you, gain you shite, you fucking turn and go, hey, many world records have you got? None. I've got 19 toes, 12 fingers. Fucking get it right up you. And there's 12 fingers, you cunt. But she said her condition has plagued her for the entirety of her life and means she often feels forced to stay inside. Oh, hen. It's, it's going to be hard to get a shoe for, for a foot, you know, that looks like an elephant's foot. But, hey, maybe, you know, you, you can... I, I don't know. I, I, I can't see any... I can't see any upside to this. <laughs> 
She does not have enough money to get medical treatment and claims cruel neighbours call her a witch and avoid her in the street. What you need to do, Hen, is you need to start fucking... You need to turn, right? You need to get touring. You need to get... You need to get your sale online. Uh, and you need to get onto these fucking... These websites, right? Sex sales. No, I'm not saying you need to pimp your arse out. I'm just saying you get these fucking people who are into feet and you go, hey, you like a foot with fucking five toes? Bang, 19 toes. It's fucking... It's two feet for the price of one. <laughs> Rap, you're fucking bothering these bad boys. Eh? None of your fucking five-toed women here. Oh, boom. 19 toes. Get them in your mouth. <laughs> Maybe that's your thing. Eh? I'm not a fan of feet at all. I've never understood people who are into feet. But each to their own. They're not hurting anyone. You know? You're sitting going, oh, yeah, mate. I fucking, I love feet, man. Wee piggies, wee toes are fucking... Well, listen, mate, fucking have a swatch of this. Boom! 19 toes! Holy shit, 19 of them! Get the money in, right? For the fucking... The toe brigade. And then fucking choppy-choppy. Back to the normal five-finger toed woman. Get into the neighbours and fucking kick the fucking... <laughs> oh. Kumari uh, from the... Ganjam district in India told you I was born with this defect and I couldn't be treated as we belong to a poor family the residents nearby who are too much into blind face believe that I am a witch and keep away from me they sometimes come to see my condition but never help the fuckers I'm forced to stay indoors as I've been treated differently which is not a nice way to be treated by your neighbours you're right hen could be worse you could be fucking decomposing in Minneapolis one of our neighbours who is aware of Kamari's condition said others in their small village put too much belief in superstition. The neighbour said, I don't know that she has a medical problem. Sorry, I know that she has a medical problem and has nothing to do with what others believe her to be. I think it's about the fucking black magic happening. Across India, 134 people, mostly women, were killed for the alleged use of black magic in 2016 according to the National Crime Records Bureau. In some parts of the country to this day, women accused of black magic are killed by lynch mobs under the guise of witch hunting. According to DW News, several Indian states have introduced laws to prevent it, but activists say they are inadequate. Government officials in India, having heard of Quarry's plight, have offered her a home and a pension and are making attempts to spread awareness among her neighbours. An administrative department spokesman says we are aware of our situation and have offered all possible help. We are also educating our neighbours to treat her with love and compassion and to explain to them that she is not a witch. Well, there you go, hen. You get the government behind you. They're offering you a house and a pension. But I still say, get yourself a webcam and get those 19 piggies earning your money. There you go, team. That is your news for this episode. We have had uh, a fucking tea bag decomposing upstairs. A closet gay father fuming at his toy for his kid. And he's a fucking rocket. And a woman with 31 fingers and toes, soon to become the number one foot fetish model in the game. That was your news. Okay, team, that is us for another episode. Thank you, as always, to everybody who has listened. Um, Let's grow the numbers. Uh, Subscribe, like, share where you can. The podcast episode 
is on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, various other platforms, Acast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, however you get your podcasts, subscribe there and it will ping in as soon as it drops. Subscribe to it on um, SoundCloud, subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and make sure you go to the YouTube page as well and subscribe on there. There's not many videos up but there's going to be some more coming over the next couple of weeks and months and let's keep growing the Battlefield Army. I am back out on tour February 23rd, Webster's Theatre in our broth and then March 21st we go down south to the junction in Cambridge. So get online, scottgibsoncall.co.uk, sign up to the mail list, get your tickets, February 23rd in the broth, March 21st in Cambridge. I will see you on the battlefield soon. Onwards! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.